So the verse that we're all familiar with, right? John 10, 10. Y'all know it? What does it say? The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly, right? Abundantly. Abundant life. Excessive life. That's what Jesus said I came for. That you might have excessive life. Amen? And so uh, I want to talk to you tonight about, about that vein. Somebody said, really, all fruit on a tree is, is excessive life. And so how many of you know God wants us to be fruitful, right? He wants us to be fruitful, which is excessive life. And that's what Jesus died on the cross for, so that we can have a fruitful life. So I want to talk to you about that. How to live a fruitful life. How many of you are interested in living a fruitful life? How many of you are interested in having more fruit? I mean, you know, we have a, an orange tree uh, that uh, got hit by the cold, by the freeze this past year. It, normally at this time of year, the branches are heavy with fruit. But right now it got hit and there's no fruit. It doesn't look nearly as attractive. How many of you know we wanted fruit on that tree, right? And so and I believe that that's the way the Lord wants us to live is a fruitful life. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that, um, about how to live a fruitful life. And so uh, John 15, 16 says this, says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. How many of you are grateful he chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain? So in other words, uh, Jesus says, this is the reason I chose you. The word chose means to select. It means like selecting or calling someone out of a crowd. And, and you know, when you think about it, if you're a Christian tonight, the Lord picked you out of six billion people on the globe. He picked you and said, I want you to be one of my, my sons or my daughters. I'm going to be glad you got chosen. Now, if, I don't know if you feel like me, but I thought, you know, I, I still think, man, God, there was some better choices out there than me. But man, am I so grateful he chose me. Aren't you grateful he chose you? Man, so he chose us, right? And appointed you, which means to ordain or to set apart for a special purpose. So what Jesus is saying here is, is, um, is living a fruitful life is the purpose of our salvation. It's the purpose of our Christianity. He wants us to be fruitful. Amen. How many of you want to be fruitful? And so um, a fruitful Christian, the Bible tells us, pleases God. In Colossians 1.10, it says, And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So God wants us to live fruitful lives. Y'all got that? If you got that, say, I got that. And so, but not just in one area. He wants us to live fruitful in every area of our lives. And, and so, you know, sometimes we're doing good in one area, but we're struggling in another. And he says, I, I came that you might live abundantly, excessive life. He wants us to live fruitful in every area of our life. Amen. What does a fruitful person look like? Have you ever asked yourself the question, am I living a fruitful life? Ask it right now. Ask yourself. Talk to yourself right now and say, am I living a fruitful life? Well, sometimes we don't know exactly what that looks like. I mean, we, we say, yeah, I'm living a fruitful life. I have children. 
or, you know, something like that. Or, you know, I, I made a paycheck. Yeah, I'm living a fruitful life. I want to just kind of frame that for us a little bit, okay? What does a fruitful person look like? Number one, uh, there is a spiritual fruit of reproducing. And uh, God created everything to reproduce, right? He created everything. In Genesis chapter 1 and following, he says he created all the, you know, all the birds and everything. And he created uh, the, the trees and the fruit with a seed in it. So he, he, re he created everything to reproduce. And he created us, humanly speaking, to reproduce, right? But he also created us to reproduce spiritually. Are y'all tracking with me? So how many people can reproduce spiritually? Some of the people in church or some of the believers or all the believers? All the believers. Does that include you? Does all include you? Did God create you, you, to be fruitful? Yes. The answer is yes. And so hopefully I'm going to convince you of that tonight. The Lord wants you to be fruitful. He God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? He gave everything so as for us to be fruitful. And, and Jesus said, hey, the thief comes to try to keep you from being fruitful. But I came that you might not just have a little bit of fruit, but have an abundance of fruit. Amen. Come on. Are y'all with me tonight? And so there is uh, Matthew 419 says Jesus called out, come along with me and I will show you how to fish for the souls of men. So God created every Christian to be able to win other people to the Lord. And in, in Proverbs 1130, it says the fruit of a righteous person is a tree of life and a winner of souls is wise. The fruit of a righteous person is a tree of and a winner of souls is wise. How many of you know that you never have more life or fruit in you then whenever you get saved and you become born again and the spirit of God is on the inside of you. Amen. I'm talking about the spirit that raised the dead is down on the inside of you. The power of God is down on the inside of you. No wonder David could look at Goliath and say, who are you to taunt the armies of the living God? You come at me with that sword and spirit, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. The power of God is with us to be fruitful. Amen. And so um, how many of you would love to become more effective in reaching people for Christ? I'm, I'm going to raise both of my hands and I can only raise one foot. But if I, you know, if I took a jump, maybe I could raise both. But doesn't, don't we all want to be more fruitful and win more people to Christ? Can I get an amen today? Of course we do, right? And that's what part of fruitfulness is. And I want you to know that you can be fruitful. Amen. The second type of spiritual fruit is the fruit of ministry, which means Blessing and helping others. Ministry is really is helping to meet the needs of others spiritually, emotionally, physically, relationally by serving and encouraging them. You know, whenever you just walked over or just just reached out and put your hand on the person that their hand had their hands raised and you just prayed for them, you know, you were just ministering to them. Do you know that? Right. And so the Lord wants us to have a strong ministry, a fruitful ministry. 
That wherever we are, wherever we go, we're encouraging others. We're being a blessing to others. We're lifting the spirits of others. Amen. That's what abundant life is. It's meaning having so much life in you that there's enough left over that you can give life to other people around you. Are y'all with me out there? And so we don't have to live our life struggling like just, you know, barely putting one foot in the other. That's not why Jesus died on the cross. He said, I chose you and appointed you that you would bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. Amen. I'm so excited about being in the kingdom of God, aren't you? And so Titus 3.14 says, For our people must learn to help all who need their assistance that their lives will be fruitful. Fruitfulness is encouraging, helping, and blessing other people. Amen. And so listen, you can't be fruitful. Can I pause just a moment to say, if you live with your focus on yourself, always worrying about how you feel and what's going on in your life and what you have or you don't have, you will never be fruitful. you got to get your eyes off of yourself and on to the needs of other people if you want to be fruitful. Amen. Because the enemy wants you to focus on yourself and think about, oh, oh, is me. And he wants you to have a pity party. And as long as you live in that hole of pity, you will never be a fruitful person. But God wants you to be fruitful and reach out and minister to other people. Amen. Fruitfulness is being a blessing. It's a ministry. And it's measured by the overflow of life that is in you. And the good news is that you can, brothers and sisters. You can be an encouragement, amen? But how many of you say like, man, Todd, I ain't got no, I ain't got nothing to give anybody. I'm at the bottom, man. I'm at the bottom of the barrel. How many of you feel like that? How many of you felt there before where you felt you're at the bottom of the barrel and you just help somebody? Come on. That's why we need to be in talking about this tonight and be encouraged tonight because God don't want you to live at the bottom of the barrel. He wants it to come over the top of the barrel. Your cup overflow. Amen. Come on. Even if you don't feel like it tonight, say amen. Amen. The third type of spiritual fruit is the fruit of Christ's likeness. How many of you know the Lord wants us to be like him? Right? Displaying the fruit of the Spirit. Spiritual fruitfulness is displaying Christ's likeness in your everyday walk of life. And so, you know, think about it. Are we portraying Christ's likeness when we go about our business on a daily basis? What people see in our face, do they see Christ's likeness? Do they see, do they feel the strength of God in us? Come on, He wants us to be displaying Christ's likeness wherever we go. So when people that don't know Christ see us, they see a light in us. They see something about us and they say something about him is different. Something about her is different. I don't know what it is, but something is different. And everything on the inside of them says, I want what they got. Amen. Amen. That's how the Lord wins the world. We are the light of the world. I believe the light is the light of Jesus Christ shining through us. Amen. And so I believe that's what fruitfulness is, is, is all about, right? And so um, Galatians 5.22 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. It's gentleness. 
and self-control. Now, how many of you had at least one chance this week to not display the fruit of the Spirit? Come on, how many of you this, just this evening had a chance to display something different than the fruit of the Spirit, right? And so our flesh don't want to display the fruit of the Spirit. But listen, we have been given His Holy Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. So how much love do you have flowing in your life? How much joy do you have? Come on. How many of you want more love flowing in your life? How many of you want more joy flowing in your life? Come on. How many of you want more peace flowing in your life? You know, right now, with everything that's going on around the world, you know, anxiety is going to a record high. People that have never dealt with anxiety are dealing with anxiety. I tell you, what we need is the fruit of the Spirit that brings peace over us. Peace that surpasses all comprehension. And when anxiety comes flowing in like the winds and the waves, the Spirit of God on the inside of us rises up and the voice of the Lord says, hush, be still. And the peace of God overwhelms you and overflows you. Amen. And the fruit of the Spirit comes out when everybody else is freaking out. You're not freaking out because you got the fruit of the Spirit flowing in your life. Amen. The fourth type of spiritual fruit the Lord is looking for in our lives is the fruit of victory and spiritual freedom. Matthew 7, 16 says, you can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Verse 20 says, uh, or the rest of that verse says, can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? You never go looking for fruit on thistles, right? You don't go looking for fruit on anything other than the, than a fruit tree, right? And so this verse says, can you, you can identify what kind of tree you got in your yard. Look and see what kind of fruit. If you got thorns, that's not a, that's not good news, right? And so he's saying, listen, in verse 20, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Do you know every day we're walking around as a testimony, and we're, we're a witness, right? And the Lord wants us to be Christ-like, and He wants us to be, He wants us to behave with fruitfulness in our life. Are y'all still with me out there? And so as I see it, brothers and sisters, fruitfulness is living in victory and not defeat. I was barely an amen. I almost got a, shall I bring my own amen tonight? Come on. Listen, fruitfulness, in my opinion, is living in victory and not defeat. Say, but Todd, you don't know what's going on. I didn't ask you what's going on. I'm telling you that if, if the Lord can part the Red Sea, if he can raise the dead, come on, he can help you overcome in Jesus' name. Come on, are y'all with me out there? It doesn't matter the size of your battle. What matters is the size of the God that you serve. He's a big God and he's bigger than any problem you're facing. Amen. And so in my opinion, fruitfulness is, the, is living emotionally joyful, hopeful, and filled with faith. You say, but Todd, how do you do that? Well, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. That's where it comes from. It comes from the Spirit of God. Amen. And the Lord wants us to live fruitful lives. And I just want to remind you, He said, I chose you 
And I ordained you. I set you aside. I appointed you. It's just like you put, you go buy something. You, you know, you ladies buy a, a tablecloth. That thing is for one thing and one thing only. It's gone on your table because it matches this and that and the other thing. And it's not going to go in the backyard. It's not going to go on the end table. It's gone on the dining room table. You bought it. You appointed it. You anointed it. You ordained it. It's going to be a tablecloth. Amen. And the Lord said, I've called you, I've appointed you, I've anointed you, and you're going to be fruitful, and you're going to live in victory, and you're going to live an overcoming life. Amen. Amen. And so fruitfulness is, is living free from the bondages and the strongholds and the oppression of the enemy. And so we don't live subject to the temperature of what's going on around us. We're changing the temperature that's going on around us. You know, it's a, it's a cheesy example, but you know, the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat, a thermometer measures the temperature, a thermostat changes the temperature. You're not a, you're not a thermometer. You're a thermostat. Amen. Come on. You're not going into work on Monday to see what kind of temperature you're going to have. You're going to work on Monday because you're going to change the temperature that you're that you're walking into. Come on. You're a catalyst for change. The spirit of God is on the inside of you and he's wanting you to change the atmosphere that you're in. If you if you getting any of this, please say amen right now and encourage me a little bit. Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom every day in every way. There is freedom. And that's what the Lord wants for you. He wants you to be free in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, more than likely... You didn't hear that while you were just bouncing through the world today. There wasn't somebody that came alongside of you and said, Christ died so you could be free, be free. So before you go to bed tonight, you need to hear it. God called you, appointed you, and anointed you so you can be free. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. And so listen, He wants you to bear fruit, not just a little bit. He wants you to bear a lot of fruit. Amen. He wants you to, he wants you to have excessive fruit in your life. And so that whenever you, listen, in your home, you're not the drag on the family, you're the uplifter of the family. Amen. When you go to work on Monday, you're not the one that's walking in with a big boobay, a big boudet lip and a long face like a Missouri mule eating sawbriar on a frosty morning. You're the person that comes in and you say, Hey, everybody, how y'all doing today? It's a great day today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That's what God has called you to do. Now, the question is, how do you cultivate spiritual fruitfulness in your life? I hope I've just given you enough right there to say, yeah, I want that. How many of you say, I want that? Now, how many of you would like to know how to increase the fruit in your life? I have more fruit. I have a question for you. Some, whatever measure of fruit you're living in right now, do you think that it's possible that God has another level of fruitfulness for you to live in. Do you think it's possible that God is not done with you yet? He who began the good work is faithful to complete it. Amen? Come on. He will do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that you could ask or think according to His power that works in you. Amen? 
my God shall supply all of my needs. Come on. Are y'all with me out there? I want to encourage you. He's got more in store for you. Amen. Now, here's the here's the here's the Christianity in blue jeans. All right. Here's the practical. How do you increase fruitfulness in your life? Number one, you learn to sit at the feet of Jesus through prayer and worship. If you want more fruitfulness in your life, it's it's not through osmosis. You can't get it through going through the drive through at Chick-fil-A. Oh, they'll say it's my privilege, but they're not going to give you fruitfulness. Are you all with me out there? It's not going to happen by perusing social media. I tell you how it's going to come. Sitting at the feet of Jesus in worship and prayer. That's where it comes from. If God the Father sent His Son Jesus to be on the earth and be the Savior, and He thought that it was necessary enough for Him to get away from the crowd and sit by Himself alone with the Father so that He could go around doing miracles, how much more you and I that are not called to be the Messiah need to sit at His feet and just receive from Him. Amen? And so in John 15, 4 and 5, or, or 4 and beyond, Jesus said this, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears, what's the Bible say? Much fruit. For apart from me, you can do for anyone does, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into a fire that they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified in this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Amen. If you get this principle, if you get this principle, we've all seen branches lying on the ground, has fallen out of the tree, or that's been cut off the branch, the, the tree, it's, it's dead, it's lifeless, and it's decaying. And he said, you are the branches. He's talking about the church. You are the branches. And apart from me, you cannot produce fruit. You say, yeah, I'm making a living. No, you can produce natural fruit, but you can't produce spiritual fruit. If you want to produce spiritual fruit, you got to tap into the vine. You got to sit at the feet of Jesus. You got to spend time in worship and prayer. You got to make it a priority. That's the only way. If you want more fruitfulness in your life, you need to spend more time than you are right now at the feet of Jesus. Does anybody in this room feel like you're spending all the time in prayer and worship that you possibly can and there's no room for improvement? Let me see your hands. Okay, I thought so. I was going to cast the spirit of lying out of somebody if they raise their hand. But we can all, we can all spend more time, right? But listen, we spend our life with fruitful, less fruitfulness because we don't take the time to sit at the feet of Jesus. You see, the key word here is the word abide. What does it mean to abide? It means to be and keep in fellowship with Christ so that His life is at work through us to produce the fruit. Fruit comes from Him, not from us. We're the hose pipe. We're the PVC pipe. 
All we do, all we do is just let it flow through us. We have nothing to do with what's coming through. Amen. The problem is when we think the host pipe did it. Whenever the PVC pipe, that's when we're on our way to fruit, less fruitfulness. Because he opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Are y'all with me out there? So, so if you want to produce more fruit, you got to learn to sit at the feet of Jesus. He makes it very clear right here. You can't let your life get so busy. You can't let your life get so cluttered that you don't have time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Remember Mary and Martha. They invited Jesus over for supper. Martha was, you know, like the Martha, whatever her name is, Stuart. You know, she was the, the homemaker. I mean, she could cook the vittles, right? She, she was the one that put the apron on and, and she could cook the, she could cook a pot roast like nobody's business. And so she's busy and Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha's the one that got bitter. And Martha's the one that got resentful. And Martha got an attitude. Jesus, don't you see? That that sister of mine, she's lazy. She won't lift a finger to help me. I mean, here I am cooking a meal for you. And what's she doing? She's sitting at your feet. And Jesus said, oh, Martha, Martha, Martha. Mary has chosen the good part. There's always going to be things to do. But Mary has chosen the good part. I'm afraid we live our lives too much like Martha and not enough like Mary. Come on, I need a better amen. And listen, we put, we invest all kind of time in all kind of things. I mean, in the morning, there's traffic jams. People rush into the gym and, and I mean, they got a body fit to kill like mine. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. You won't find me in that traffic jam, right? But, you know, we'll spend effort, man, doing, I mean, we do all kinds. We're scrapbooking and we're, we, you know, we're fishing and we're hunting. We're doing all, we get up early to go hunting to beat the, the deer before they come out and the ducks before they fly. But we won't spend time to sit at the feet of Jesus. See, do you want to be fruitful? Here's the secret. It's not, it's not quick. It's not, um, it's not instant Christianity. It's not instant fruitfulness. Come on, I know this is tight, but I want to encourage you tonight. I want you to live in victory. I want you to live an overcoming life. And I'm telling you, I can't do it from this pulpit right here. I can encourage you. I can show you a path to take, but it's up to you whether you're going to do it or not. And I don't want you to be a defeated Christian. I don't want you to live without fruitfulness in your life. I want you to be productive. I want you to make a difference. I want you to shine the light of Jesus wherever you go. But you can't do it without sitting at the feet of Jesus. Amen? You've got to sit at His feet. Amen. Number two, the second secret is you've got to saturate your mind daily with the Word of God. You've got to Come on, how many of you know that the battle is right here? As your mind goes, so does your life. The problem is sometimes the enemy, all he's got to do is put a couple of thoughts in our mind and he's got us defeated. Well, we need to wake up and smell the roses, amen? And say, oh no, not anymore. You're not, you're not going to have free rent in my head. Are y'all with me out there? So what do you do about it? You saturate your mind with the Word of God. Amen? Psalm 1 in verse 1. 
How blessed is the man, or shall we put woman? How blessed is the man and the woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. Come on. How many of you, how many of you receive that tonight? How many of you were already familiar with that passage of scripture? Let me see your hands. Amen. Now, can we unpack it for a minute? How blessed is who? Everybody? Does he say everybody's going to be blessed? How blessed is the man who does what? He says right here, who delights in the law of the Lord and in his law, he meditates day and night. Here's the secret. Here's the secret. You got to delight in the law of the Lord and you got to meditate in the law of the Lord. Delight means you enjoy. We enjoy and we look forward to reading our Bible. We need to develop an appetite for the Word of God. Amen? Now listen, come on. How many of you have an appetite for, for dessert? Like me. Come on, ain't nobody going to twist your arm. You see some dessert and everything in you says, praise the Lord. Amen. So he says, listen, you got to develop an appetite for the Word of God. And meditating means to focus your mind on the Word and to think about the Word over and over again. You know, somebody said meditating is like a cow chewing its cud. And you know, they got however many, is it seven stomachs? They got a bunch of them. Maybe four, I don't know. More than one. But, but whenever a chow, uh, cow eats grass... They swallow it, and it goes in the stomach, goes in the, and they regurgitate. And the Word of God needs to regurgitate in your spirit. It's got to stir up in your spirit. And you see, if you will delight in the law of the Lord, you're going to live fruitful. See, you're going to be walking in the store one day and talk to somebody, and they're going to say, oh man, I'm going through it. And you're going to say, oh, you know what the Bible says? You know what the Bible says? And you're going to give them a word. And it's a life-given word. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's able to divide the soul and the spirit. Are y'all with me? Or maybe you got hit in the head that, that week. And you're, you're on the ropes. And you get in the word. And God gives you a word. And all of a sudden it encourages you. And so how many times do we live our lives discouraged whenever all the encouragement we need is right there between Genesis and Revelation, but we won't take the time to get into the Word so the Word can set us free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Come on, are y'all with? Are y'all receiving this today? Amen. The encouragement that you receive Whenever you meditate on the Word of God, think about this. How blessed is the man who delights in and meditates on the Word of God. And, and, and look, look what he says there. He says, um, he says, you will be fruitful, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Yeah, but that don't mean everything. No, no. Does it say in whatever he does? 
He Now, saints, is the word of God true or is it a lie? Is it true that whatever I do, if I learn to meditate on the word of God, I can be successful? Is that the truth or is that a lie? So, so you mean to tell me that if I'll make the word of God a priority and I just get into it every day, that it'll begin to cause me to succeed in everything I do? Is that what this passage is telling me? Oh my goodness, then I think I need to develop an appetite for the Word of God. Amen. And I need to meditate on it because it's going to cause me to be successful in whatever I do. Amen. Come on, y'all tracking with me? Are y'all with me? Amen. Daily. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. So how do you live a fruitful life? Number one, you need to learn to sit at the feet of Jesus. You need to learn. Whether you do it at night, in the morning, during the day, you just got to figure out a time. If you're too busy in the morning, figure out a time in the afternoon. If you're too busy in the afternoon, get up earlier. Set your alarm earlier. Come on, you got to take the time to sit at the feet of Jesus. And while you're sitting at the feet of Jesus... Pull out the Word of God and, and let the Word of God get on the inside of you. Amen. You know, this morning, as I was doing that, the, the oil of gladness, I received that. The Lord has anointed me with the oil of gladness. You know what? I think I'm going to have a joyful day today because I've been anointed with the oil of gladness. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me? Come on, how many of you receive that? The Lord anointed you with the oil of gladness. I don't have to be grumpy. I don't have to be grumpy. I don't have to be snappy. I don't have to be salty. I can be joyful. Why? Because I've been anointed with the oil of gladness. Amen. Now, here's another verse in that same passage. Can I share it with you? In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14, you, we've all, how many of you heard of angels? How many of you heard of angels? Well, the Bible talks about angels, right? They're ministers of God. And look what this verse says. Hebrews 1.14 Are not the angels all ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation? Wait, well, what? Did God send His angels in service for us to assist us? Is that what this is saying? That God's angels have been sent out to help us? Man, how many of you ever heard of a, a bodyguard entourage, right? My, my brother-in-law is in the Secret Service, and he served under, I think, probably three or maybe four presidents since he's been uh, in Secret Service. And man, it's no joke. They follow the president. He goes a week before the president arrives, make sure everything is clear. And he's, he has to set posts for 12 hours at a time, just watching that door, making sure nobody comes to that door because the president is over there. I mean, they have protection like nobody's business. I got this picture. As children of God, God has given us his angels. And when we walk around, his angels are going, they're guarding that door, they're guarding that door, they're guarding that door, they're watching our 
rear guard while we're going this way. They're watching to make sure nobody's coming from our back. And they're walking with us. And when we're about to stumble and fall, they put their hand out and they say, whoa, watch out right there. There's a trap right there. Don't go over there. Oh, my goodness. The angels of the Lord encamped about me. Whoo, glory to God. Come on, are y'all tracking? Are y'all with me tonight? It's not just me, saints of God. You are the one that inherited his salvation and his ministering angels are encamped about you. Praise the Lord. Whoo, that encouraged me today. I hope it encourages you. The angels of the Lord are encamped about you. Amen. Wow, what a blessing. The third secret to living a fruitful life is be quick to be obedient and obey God's commands. Joshua 1.7 Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Now let's back up. Let's read it one more time. Be strong and very courageous. Don't be fearful. Don't be timid. Don't look around you and see everything's going on and, and think you're defeated. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. What is that, saints? That's the word of God, right? Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Can we deduct from this that if you want to be successful, you got to follow the word of the Lord, you got to obey the word of the Lord, and you can't go to the left or you can't go to the right, and you're going to be successful. Amen? Now look at verse 8. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Here's that word again. Meditate on it day and night so that it may be care, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it that you will be prosperous and successful. Now, can I go through this exercise with you again? Is the Bible telling me that if I will obey the Word of God, if I will follow what the Word of God tells me and don't veer to the left or veer to the right, that I'm going to be successful and prosperous wherever I go? Is that what the Bible is telling me tonight? Is that what the Bible is telling you and I tonight? You see the power of the tools that God has given us? Amen? And so why would we live our lives without fruit when the Lord says that you can be fruitful because you've been appointed, anointed, and called, set apart, ordained like that special cloth for the table? This is why I brought you in my family. This is what I want to do in your life. You're going to be fruitful. You're going to bear much fruit. And this this is the way that you get into the fruitfulness right here. Amen. Wow. Come on. How many of you feel like maybe you got a little work to do? Now listen, I, I don't I don't want to sound um, condescending or condemning. My my purpose today is to is to encourage you, to give you some tools to live a victorious life. How many of you would like to be used of God more and more and more? 
How many of you would like to be more and more like Christ, where your choices, your decisions, your behavior, everything you do is more like Christ? People begin to recognize you differed from a crowd and they're attracted to you and they want to know what's about you. How many of you would like that to go on in your life? How many of you would like to, to prosper on your job and, and do well on your job and prosper in your finances? How many of you would like to prosper in your relationships and your relationships go to a whole new level? You see, my friends, this is what the Lord is trying to tell us. If you want every area of your life to be fruitful, here are the keys. You got to learn to sit at the feet of Jesus. Amen. And you listen, you got to learn to worship him. You got to honor him. You got to reverence him. If you read the Old Testament, when Israel built altars to foreign gods and they begin to worship other gods and they quit worshiping the living God, that's whenever they were given over to their enemies. That's whenever they started having problems. But as long as they kept God front and center, they begin to prosper. But you got to obey the word of God. Whenever you learn the word of God, you got to do what it says. You can't just say, read the Bible. And then somebody did somebody just does something that offends you and you start holding offense and you start holding bitterness. No, you're veering off track. You got to get back in center. You got to quit allowing yourself to have an attitude and giving somebody the cold shoulder. You got to act like Christ and you got to give you got to forgive and you got to live and you got to love unconditionally. Come on. If the Lord says that you got to, if you listen, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. If you want to live a blessed life, you can't hold hostage people. You got to learn to be merciful to them. Give them room to be wrong. And then you're going to stay on the straight and narrow. And that's where the blessing and the favor of God is going to be on your life. Amen. Amen. I love Deuteronomy 8. Or 28, rather. And it says this, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all His commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above the nations of the earth. And these blessings will come upon you and accompany you. If you obey the Lord your God, you will be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, your basket, your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction and flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land He is giving you. Oh my Lord! What a blessing! Come on, doesn't that sound good? Now I know some of you ain't got kneading bowls and and, uh, you know, and some of those verbiage there. But basically it's saying, listen, everything that pertains to your life. When you follow the Lord and obey him, you're going to be blessed. Are y'all, are y'all hearing? Remember the disciples, they they fished all night. And they caught nothing. And Jesus said, throw your net on that side of the boat. They threw their net in. What happened? They couldn't pull in their net. It was so, and they said, we fished out there all night. There's nothing out there. But at your word, we will obey. See, sometimes we've been fishing all night in life. We say, where's the fruit? Well, we just need to find out what the Lord says. And then we need to obey what the Lord says and not be stubborn, not be hard headed, not be rebellious. 
and submit ourselves to the authority of God and the will of God and follow the Word of God. And this is what God said. You're going to be blessed in the city and in the country. You're going to be blessed going out and coming in. You're going to be blessed in everything that you do. Amen. Come on, how many of you want to be blessed in everything you do? Remember Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount. He just spent the greatest sermon that was ever preached. The Sermon on the Mount. He was wrapping it up. And He wrapped it up and He said there were two men. And each of them built a house. One built it on sand. And one built it on the rock. They both endured a storm. Storms of life. Trials and tribulations. One's house collapsed. And one stood the storm. What was the difference in Matthew 7.24? Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine. What words? The words he just shared with them. The Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. I encourage you to read it. It's a great place to, to get very familiar with the Word of God. He says, blessed are those, these words of mine. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew against that house, yet it did not fall because it, it, its foundation was on the rock. How do you build your life on the rock? By obeying the Word of God. Amen? How many of you want to be fruitful? Would you stand with me tonight? You know, and I just get this picture sometimes that the Lord looks at me and He says, Man, Todd, like, how long? How long shall I be with you? And you don't get it. You know, you, it's like, you know, you got a headache? You got Tylenol or ibuprofen or whatever it is that you use for when you have a headache? You, you live in your life with this pounding headache. And there's a solution. But you're living in misery because you won't walk up to the cabinet and open up the bottle and take something for it. As Christians, sometimes... We're living in defeat. We're living discouraged. We're not overcoming. We're not living successful. We're living in bondage. We're living oppressed. And the Lord says, the prescription is right here. It's right here. If you will just submit your life, submit your heart to it, and follow it, your headache is going to go away. And your life will turn around. And you will be successful. And you will be fruitful. Amen? It's a very practical message, but how many of you, how many of you have ears to hear tonight? And you're receiving tonight. So you see, how do you determine whether your day was productive? Oh, well, I, you know, I, I ate right and I exercised and I, I, you know, did my chores and, you know, most of the time that's how I measure my day is productive. It's fruitful. That's, that's the way we normally think. But I want you to think of it differently now. How do you know if your day is productive? Did you take time to sit at the feet of Jesus? Did you take time to read your Bible? 
Did you take time throughout your day to obey what you learned when you read your Bible? See, the Bible wasn't given to us to increase our knowledge. Knowledge can puff you up. It can make you prideful. It can make you think you know everything. It's not for information. It's for transformation. You got to do what the Bible tells you to do. Are y'all with me? And if you do what the Bible tells you, then you'll be productive. And so a productive day, you need to measure it like this. Did you have time to sit at the feet of Jesus? Haven't you noticed when you sit at the feet of Jesus, to just worship and pray and just ask God to help you, how the burdens begin to lift? And all of a sudden you feel lighter. You feel less encumbered by everything going on in your life. Don't you feel strength come into your bones and you start feeling stronger? Don't you feel that? And then you open your Bible and you read, you start reading. And man, how does God know what you're going through? And you read a line and it's like, oh my God goodness. That's exactly what I needed. Come on, how many of you ever had that happen to you? And you just open the Bible and you begin reading and it's like, oh my goodness. Like, you look around like, God, how did you know where I was? How many of you know the Bible is living? It's the living Word. And it's meant to encourage us and strengthen us. Amen. Would you do me a favor and just bow your head with me for just a second? I don't know where you are all of you that are in this place tonight. But I, you know, the first step to tapping in to that life of fruitfulness is you got to be a child of God. You got to respond to his calling. He said, I've appointed, I've called you. I don't know if you've ever said yes to his calling, if you've ever made a decision to surrender your life. But I want to give you a chance right now. If you say, Todd, would you pray for me? Would you just lift your hand? Right now, just lift your hand and just lift it high. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Let's just pray. Can we pray this prayer together as a family? You just prayed from your heart and just say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me from every sin that I've ever committed. Thank you, Lord, for washing me, cleansing me, and giving me a fresh start. I receive you into my heart and into my life tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. If you prayed that prayer either online or here, there's a connect card in the pew. If you'll just take the time to fill it out or just go to the desk and they'll probably have one there. We have a gift for you. We have tools just to help you get started. We want to be an encouragement to you and help you. And for the rest of us, how many of you like more fruitfulness in your life? In every area, can we pray tonight before we go and just say, God, I want to be more fruitful. Would you give me a delight for your, for your law? Would you just give me a, a greater passion to sit at your feet and be in your presence while I'm driving down the road, I'm worshiping and I'm praying and I'm crying out to you and I'm asking you for help and I'm depending on you. Come on, let's ask him to help us tonight. Father, I pray for each and every one of us here. Lord, we pray tonight. Lord, stir the fire in us. Give us a fresh fire. Ignite a fresh fire in us tonight, Lord. Give us a hunger for your word, a thirst for your word. Lord, we pray. Give us the grace to be obedient 
obedient and just follow through with what your word tells us, God. Thank you, Father God, for just calling us, appointing us, and anointing us to be fruitful in our life. I pray the grace of God over the people of God tonight. It's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everybody that agreed shouted and said, Amen and Amen. Well, God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great rest of your week. And Lord willing, we'll see you on Sunday.